Hi, gals. Welcome to Audio 4 of Identity-Based Nutrition. This is the start of week two. So up until now, you've been doing your daily meditation and your meal ritual, and I have just been doing these audios to help everyone get on the same page. So kudos to you for your effort and your intention and your focus in this program. I've spoken to several of you, and I'm just loving what I'm hearing so today we're going to be talking about uh, food. We're going to be talking about the, the body layer, specifically about food. And what I want to start by doing is helping you understand what we're not doing in this program. So what we're not doing is this is we're not going to do a cold turkey um, diet style, um, ch- you know, change of foods, because I think that... Um, you know, m- many of you maybe have experienced going from eating standard American diet food or whatever it is, then you go on a diet or you go on a cleanse and it's, um, it's kind of jolting to your system and you're dealing with cravings or you're dealing with emotional eating and then you feel like, I can't do this. And then you feel like, well, something must be wrong with me. Maybe I don't have enough willpower. And um, I want you to understand that that is not the truth. It's not that you don't have enough willpower. It's not that there's something wrong with you. Uh, we have been introduced to a lot of foods um, within the last you know, 50 to 100 years with the Industrial Revolution, lots of foods that are what I call edible food-like substances. They are toxic to the body. They're very addictive. They're very confusing to our bodies. But... They have become familiar, normal, comfortable. We have a lot of associations on an emotional level to eating these foods with really important people in our life, with our, our grandparents or our, our mom or um, going out and doing something fun with, with our you know, um, significant other, whatever it is. And we are enjoying it over you know, with, with some of these um, very addictive toxic types of foods. And um, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with the the desire for that enjoyment, but it's vitally important to just respect this process and all of the the inner workings of your mind and your emotions um, as you are trying to go from eating one way to another. And I just want to tell you from the, you know, from the outset, you totally have what it takes to do this. When you think about actually changing your diet, you know, maybe it's fairly drastically, maybe it's not much at all, maybe it's just tweaking it over to a way of eating that really fits for who you are. It might feel overwhelming and it might feel a little bit intimidating and you might feel like there's no way I want to do it or maybe I don't even want to do it, but don't worry, we're going to do some tapping on that at the end of this audio. But first, I just want to explain the way that we go about doing this.
gluten, what it does is it also um, makes you want to eat more. The the it 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 is very very addictive. It's um, lots of people are allergic to it. It's very inflammatory, and um, so you. Inflammation is the root cause of, of lots of disease, and so it's it's at least the physical root cause. And so, if you um, if you take out gluten, often you're gonna be you're gonna be calming and cooling that inflammation, and so the body can heal so much better. And you're probably aware because there's a lot of awareness around gluten and why it is um, uh, very negative uh, has very negative effects on your body. All right, so that's number two. Now let's move on to number three. Number three is pasteurized dairy. So pasteurized dairy is is um, milk that has been heated to temperatures above 118 degrees, and usually the pasteurized milk is also homogenized. And what homogenization does is it um, it kind of strains the milk through these tiny little sieves, and it breaks up the proteins. There's these delicate milk proteins that are really important for optimal digestion, and um, and so it breaks all those up, making it very very difficult to digest. So, for some people, drinking raw dairy can be beneficial at certain seasons of their life. But overall, there's a lot of schools of thought that just see dairy as an unfit food for human beings. The reason for that is that um, baby cows have like four stomachs to digest those proteins found in milk, but humans only have one, and it simply just doesn't do the job of four. And um, with the pasteurization process, you add insult to injury by heating the milk. And so the enzymes are no longer there to digest it. So it basically turns into like glue inside your body. And when anything turns to glue inside your body, it's it, not only is energy having to go to break up that glue and, and kind of get things moving again, lots and lots of the body's energy that could be used healing other parts of your body, um, but it also, anytime the body's not like, um, the, the, there's traffic jams inside of our system, it's going to mess with our lymphatic system and our, our digestive system. Dairy also contains strong hormones. So the cows are given these strong hormones to plump them up and to increase their milk production. But we receive those hormones through consuming dairy and our hormonal balance is so delicate, and so it's easily thrown off by dairy products with stronger hormones than our own. Um, dairy is also mucus-forming. It's not a good source of calcium. I could say a lot about that, but if you have questions about it, feel free to ask. It's hard to digest. There's lots and lots of reasons to um, avoid dairy, if at all possible. And um, we will be slowly... Um, taking this out, trading this and, and taking this out of our diet if it's in there during this process. You don't have to worry about that right now. All of this information I'm giving you currently is to get us all on the same page. Don't worry about making changes yet unless you are you just feel ready to and you want to. So on to number four. Number four is corn. Now corn is in a category all by itself because 
it's, uh, it's, you know, people might look at it and go like, it's a vegetable, like it's fine. Like what's wrong with the corn tortillas and the corn chips and the corn on the cob and all that. Um, the reason I put it in a category all by itself, it's really important to understand that, um, corn is, has been so genetically modified that there's no corn in the U S that is, has not been touched by this genetically modified stuff. So if you don't know what genetically modified is, I'm not going to get into it right here, but you can study up on that. Or um, if you have questions, then we can talk about it in our private session. Um, But corn is very, very inflammatory to your system because of the genetic modification. It contains a different type of gluten than ones found in wheat and rye and barley, but it still has a very similar inflammatory effect on our system. So um, that's kind of sad news because I know lots of people really love corn. They love Mexican food. Great news is you can still have awesome Mexican food and, um, and have some trades for the corn. So that's coming. No worries. All right. So number five is, um, the uppers and downers section, the alcohol and caffeine. And, um, I won't say a whole lot here with alcohol and caffeine. All all that to say, um, usually with substances that either help you take your energy up, like the caffeine found in coffee and tea and energy drinks and, um, it, you often people who are really drawn to those are ones people that are struggling with either adrenals not having enough natural energy, or um, it, what's really easy to do is if you're if you're feeling lots of emotion you don't know how to process it's very easy to look to like an upper to to be able to take your mood and to elevate your mood and make you feel really good and um, and you know there's perfectly good reasons for this. And we want to, again, process this very, very gently, but we also want your body to be able to function without these external stimulants. These stimulants such as caffeine are really hard on your body and um, on your adrenals, and um, they do sort of mask what's actually going on in there. So there, there are lots of really good substitutes and I always say, if you if you don't feel ready to like give up your tea or coffee, what we want to do is upgrade it. So I'll share with you about upgrading it very soon. Um, and then, of course, with alcohol, um, alcohol, you know, a, a half a glass of red wine, you know, every once in a while, um, especially an organic red wine, uh, is ha- actually does have some health benefits. Nothing wrong with that. The main thing with alcohol overall is that it is. Um, feeds the yeast. It's very fungal inducing. And so especially very high sugar alcohols, like, um, alcohols high in sugar, like beer or, um, hard ciders, things like that. Those are very, very high in sugar. So they feed the yeast inside your body. And then again, on an emotional level, um, if you're having to use alcohol as a way of calming down then, um, or as a way of being able to rest and relax, then we we want to we want to process that a little bit so that you can use it as something that you enjoy, not as something that is um, suppressing anything going on inside. And of course, there's a whole 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 lot more that we could get into on that. But that's another confusing food that that keeps us from really tuning into our bodies and into our emotions, into our hearts. So. Um, again, with all of these, it's, there's some moderation here that's totally acceptable. We're, it's not all or none. It's just um, 
just, I really want to bring forth the truth about some of these substances so that you're at least informed and aware about what's going on. Okay. So number six is artificial sweeteners and artificial sweeteners such as Splenda, NutraSweet, Sweet and Low, really any of those that are not stevia or um, monk fruit, any artificial sweetener that's not one of those two. Um, this would, in my book, it really even includes erythritol, um, which is a sugar alcohol. And, um, there's a couple other ones. Um, uh, but anything that isn't one stevia or monk fruit there, these are really hard on your system in different ways. Erythritol is a little bit better, but it can be really hard on the digestive system. Uh, xylitol can be okay-ish, but it, it can be, um, kind of mess up the gut just a little bit. But the main thing about Splenda and, um, NutraSweet and Sweet and Low is that it kills your brain cells. And to me, that is like reason enough to switch to Stevia instead, because it is really hard on your brain cells. So, um, there, there was a big craze, you know, several years ago around sweeteners that didn't have any calories in them. But um, unfortunately, they weren't well tested, and so we've got all sorts of brain issues coming from these artificial sweeteners. All right, number seven is hydrogenated oils. And these are oils such as vegetable oil, canola oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil. Most of the oils that are used um, in like fried foods and in cooking, like in restaurants, um, and even olive oil, because it becomes rancid very, very, very quickly, it's hard to get very pure olive oil. Um, and so these, these oils have a, a negative effect on our cells. They damage the, the cell. Um, there's, a, there's a layer of fat around each cell, and it damages the layer of fat. And that layer of fat is needed for the, the cells to, in or, to release toxins and to receive nutrients. And that lipid barrier, that layer of fat around there gets really um, damaged by these, these oils. And because they're rancid, they are, they're hard for the body to process. I'm very, very picky about oils because as, if oils have been sitting on the shelf for a while, they haven't been refrigerated, likely they're rancid. Um, so overall, you know, as I'm sharing about these, these top seven confusing foods, I just want you to remember the basic concept here is that the more you mess with the the way a food was originally designed, the more you have to mess with the unhappy effects that it creates in your body. So as you notice, all of these confusing foods were originally, um, you know, derived from a pure healthy source. So even sugar came from a sugar cane and that was born, that was grown in the ground, you know, that was, um, and it's, it's healthy until it's processed. And that's the big key here is when something becomes really processed, especially, um, there's, there's lots of things that, that are still congruent foods that are minimally processed, but, the level of processing that happens with some of these confusing foods is the issue. So the more that we mess with the, the um, whole live pure foods, the more we have to mess with those ill effects inside of our bodies that are creating dis-ease and uh, symptoms and issues. All right, everyone take a deep breath in. 
and out. And let's move on to the category of congruent foods. And um, Hippocrates, the, the father of medicine, said, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. And that is uh, something that is is coming back in our culture, but that we lost for a while. And um, we have to remember food can be medicine to our bodies. And the more that we eat whole, live, pure, congruent foods, the more that our bodies naturally heal because it's the type of food we're meant to ingest. And if you think about it, food is a huge, huge thing. Um, the, there's, there's nothing else that we put into our bodies that basically becomes the, who we are. And it, it not only affects our physical body, the way we look, it also affects our um, mood and our brain and our ability to, to think clearly, our ability to envision a beautiful life for ourselves. It's so, so, so important. So congruent foods are foods like um, fruits and vegetables, uh, nuts and seeds. I include um, pastured organic eggs. I include things like, um, if it fits for you, for some people it's not a fit, but um, grass-fed meat, um, grass-fed beef, organic chicken, um, wild-caught fish. There's some superfoods in there, such as cacao and maca and bee pollen and there's all sorts of really wonderful foods that are congruent and lots of wonderful ways of making them that just feel so um, satisfying and nourishing to your body. And so um, with these congruent foods, it's very, very easy, I think, and, and you will, we'll be um, learning this along the way, but to make really healthy congruent versions of foods that you've enjoyed in the past, like like spaghetti or uh, chocolate cake or ice cream. You can make a very congruent version of some of those very traditional favorites without giving up what you love. So what I'd love to do now is to do some tapping over what might have come up for you while you were listening to this audio. So for lots of people, as they're hearing this information, there's a part of the mind that's like, oh, yay, you know, let's do this thing. And another part of the mind that's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to give up this or maybe some overwhelm about the amount of um, foods that are confusing that are still in your diet, maybe concerns about what it might look like in the process of letting it go or what might show up while you're, you're detoxing or while you're transitioning or you know, overwhelm around where do I even find these foods? And these are just such common um, feelings of overwhelm or fear or panic or um, just nervousness or anxiety. And so we want to do some tapping because um, such a big part of this program is not just the knowledge. Um, you know, your conscious mind is very intelligent and so it can take in a lot of knowledge, but it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have if the subconscious mind, that other 95%, um, is feeling unsafe to make these changes or just isn't on board with some of these ideas. So remember, we're not making any big changes yet. We're just doing the, the meal ritual for now. Um, but as you start to think ahead towards the next few weeks, as we will begin to make these changes and these transitions, I want you to notice... Um, how that feels in your body. So let's start some tapping. Start tapping on the karate chop point. And take a deep breath in. 
And as you breathe out, notice what you feel when you think about the idea of transitioning, of trading, of giving up certain foods. And there may be some that are popping into your mind right now that you think, oh my gosh, I could never let that go. And now I want you to notice the feeling. So what's the feeling? Is it, is it panic, fear, anxiety, overwhelm? Whatever it is, I want you to notice that feeling and now rate it, scale from zero to 10, 10 being the highest, like lots and lots of panic or fear and zero being none at all. And then repeat after me out loud and just fill in the blank with whatever it is that you feel. So repeating after me, even though I feel so much and fill in the blank. I accept myself and all the reasons I feel this way. Even though I feel so much fear, anxiety, panic, whatever it is, I love and accept myself anyway. Even though I feel this feeling of, I honor this feeling all the reasons I feel this and I choose to relax now and repeat after me tapping on the eyebrow point this feeling side of the eye this feeling under the eye this feeling and keep tapping through the points and just noticing Noticing what you feel inside your body when you think about transitioning your foods, letting go of certain foods. Allow yourself to feel this trigger. Whatever's there, just allow yourself to feel it. I want you to just tune into that feeling. Keep tapping through the points. And it may be a very, very specific feeling or a very specific food. Or it might be very general. Whatever it is, you should allow yourself to relax into rather than pushing away from this feeling. Allowing yourself to notice all those, the sensations, how this feeling feels inside your body. And just keep tapping through the points, noticing that fear, the anxiety, that overwhelm, the panic, whatever's here. And then notice when you feel just a little bit more relaxed. Usually your body will kind of naturally dial down. Maybe you'll yawn. Body kind of relaxes just a little bit. And once that happens, take a deep breath in. 
you need to pause this audio and keep tapping, that's totally fine. So now I want you to notice if there's one particular thing that came up that you're like, oh, I do not want to give up my coffee or I do not want to give up um, this particular food or the idea of not going out for um, you know, dinner with my husband and having that particular food sounds terrible to me. And uh, start tapping on the karate chop point. And, and remember, the subconscious mind doesn't understand that change is a good thing or that it could possibly be a good thing. So there's all of these emotions and sensations around it that can feel very overwhelming. So notice that one thing and notice if you feel some resistance about like letting it go. Usually resistance is what arises. Take a deep breath in and repeat after me. Even though I feel this resistance at the idea of giving up this food, I love and accept myself and I choose to relax now. Even though I feel this resistance at the idea that there could be something better for me, I love and accept myself and allow myself to relax now. Even though I feel so much resistance because I don't want to let go of this, I love and accept myself. Good. So tapping through the points and just hold the image of that food that you're like, I don't want to let go of that or that experience you don't want to let go of and just tap through the points and now take your attention to the feeling that it creates when you think about letting go of it. It should create a sense of like continued resistance or frustration or like, no, 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 maybe fear. Keep tapping through the points. But for most people, it's resistance. So let's just tap on that, repeating after me. This resistance, all this resistance. Keep tapping. This feeling in my body at the thought of letting go of this food. I don't want to do it. You can't make me do it. I can do whatever I want whenever I want to, and no one can make me change. I don't want to do this. I feel all this resistance. I just want things to stay the same because I know how that feels. That feels familiar and kind of comfortable so I don't want to change. But part of me doesn't feel good. Part of me knows that this food isn't really serving me. And part of me is open to the idea that I can go through this process without stress or willpower or striving or panic. Maybe this process will be easier than I think.
Maybe it's safe to relax. I'm not going to deprive myself. I've done that in the past. And that hasn't worked. Maybe there's a way that I can have it all. I can have health and satisfaction and sweetness and energy and fun foods and slenderness. Maybe I can have all those things and I'm open to finding out how. Safe for me to relax and to be open to possibility. I have what it takes to make this change. Good, take a deep breath in and out. And you can stop tapping. And just notice as you kind of tune back into your body, notice if um, any of those emotions had kind of dialed down a little bit. Usually by this point, people are feeling maybe a little bit more relaxed around the idea of this transition. Okay, Um, for this upcoming week number two, keep really honing in on that meal ritual. That is uber important. Keep doing your daily meditation somewhere in the day, morning preferably, and then schedule your one-on-one sessions with me. So you can text me, you can Voxer me, schedule those for next week. And I will be also sending out, continue, continuing to send out audios, um, but just a couple next week, not as many as this week. And um, you'll also have the weekend to kind of catch up. So there won't be any audios until Monday or Tuesday of next week. All right, lots of love to you all, and I'll speak to you again soon.